Thank you, Hayes. Thank you, team. Merry Christmas. Man, it is good to see everybody here today. Welcome uh, to a service that's always a special for so many of us. And we get to gather together like family tonight. I'm so glad so many of you have joined us here today. We got a bunch more people joining with us online uh, and watching from home. But man, I am so glad uh, that we are here. Uh, listen, Christmas Eve is always a great service. And every time we have a service like this, we see lots of different people. I see tons of familiar faces uh, here, as we always do. You might be a regular attender or a member here uh, at Double Oak Community Church. But uh, when we do Christmas Eve, we also see a lot of unfamiliar faces. And so welcome. If this is your first time here or first time in a while, welcome to Double Oak Community Church. Uh, anytime we do a Christmas Eve service, there's a lot of people who've been traveling. And maybe you're here traveling, visiting family for Christmas. I know we've got some of our folks who may be watching because you've traveled somebody somewhere else for Christmas. And that's always a big part of Christmas, is it not, is traveling. When I think back to my earliest memories of Christmas, they are inevitably marked by travel. It's going different places. Uh, in fact, there's a few different iconic pictures that are kind of just seared into my brain from traveling for Christmas in, when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't grow up in Birmingham. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. But one of those pictures uh, has Birmingham pasted all over it. Uh, my grandparents lived just south of St. Louis, Missouri, and so we would almost every year pile up into the station wagon uh, and travel the 12 hours to St. Louis, because back then the speed limit was 55. Remember that? Uh, and so it took a while, and so we got two little kids rolling around in the back seat, and we would go see our uh, grandparents up in St. Louis, but when we would travel back through town, by the time we got into Alabama, it would inevitably be dark, and usually we were asleep by that time, sleep in the back seat, wherever, but... Uh, my, my parents would always wake us up whenever we got into Birmingham because it would be dark. And they said, kids, you don't want to miss this. And we would wake up to see this, the Regents Building. Uh, this picture is what I think of when I think of Christmas. My Christmases of old were seeing the skyline of Birmingham and seeing the Regents headquarters lit up. We don't have buildings like that in Montgomery. It was amazing. It was just this, this picture of Christmas. They've been doing that for that long. I'm old, people. I mean, look. I mean, it's like over 40 years they've been doing this tradition in Birmingham, and it's just one of those pictures. But uh, look, we travel. Uh, we, we travel during Christmas. We want to go uh, to the people that we love. But, but when you travel somewhere, here's what that means. It means that an invitation's been given to you. Somewhere, uh, you had family that, or friends who said, hey, why don't you come do Christmas with us? They gave you an invitation that says, hey, come be with us. Uh, come, come see with us. Come, come celebrate with us. And when that invitation is given, we say yes. And so we travel. We go to see loved ones. We see family. We see friends. And we gather together. It's part of the Christmas celebration. And I hope that you enjoy all of that if you've traveled here today. But uh, let's be honest. For some of us, we're very excited about that. We're so excited to see faces we haven't seen in a while. But for many of us, when you ask the question, so where are you going for Christmas this year? The answer is we don't know. We don't know, because this Christmas is different. Maybe it's a Christmas you haven't been looking forward to as well, because the place that you normally go, you're not going to be going to this year. Or maybe you're a little bit anxious about going there because it's going to be different, because somebody's not going to be there like they have in years past. Or maybe you changed, or maybe they changed, or maybe the place changed, it's not even there anymore. And the places you want to go at Christmas, you can't even go anymore. Maybe you just said, Adam, I didn't get an invitation anywhere, and I just feel alone. 
Maybe that's where you are watching right now. You say, I just feel alone. And I don't feel like I have anywhere to go at Christmas. And look, for every single one of us, no matter who you are, where you've been, I guarantee you this, there's an invitation for you this Christmas. There's an invitation for you to come and experience the true life that is in Jesus Christ is a gift given to you. That invitation is given. The only question is, will we accept it? I want to show you a passage uh, real quick uh, as a part of the Christmas story. This is in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, many of you know the Christmas story uh, that after centuries of waiting, God sends his Messiah and he sends him in a, in a way nobody expected. He goes to a teenage girl named Mary and says, Mary, you're going to bear the Son of God. You're going to conceive as a virgin through the Holy Spirit and he's going to be the Messiah, Jesus but Mary was betrothed at that time, engaged to a guy named Joseph. And this was obviously a little bit disconcerting to him. And so he gets an angelic visitor to help him understand. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. Joseph had plans for his life. He had things he was going to do. He had it all planned out, and then it all fell apart. Everything he thought he was going to be doing with his life and the way it was going to unfold all of a sudden was off the table. If you've ever had a, a dream crushed, if you have ever had a dream delayed, if you've ever had to suffer through tragedy, you understand what that shattering might feel like. And I imagine Joseph would have been despondent, he would have been ready to throw in the towel, but in the midst of his pain, this angel shows up to tell him incredible news. They say, Joseph, you do not have to worry about this. Yes, you're, it's not gonna unfold like you thought. No, we can't do what you expected, but something even greater is happening. The Son of God is coming. Mary is going to bear the very Messiah, the Son of God, who will come and take away the sins of the world. And he's asking Joseph, Joseph, will you join the Lord in what he's doing? Joseph, will you set your plans aside and join the Lord in what he's doing. It's an invitation. An invitation into something different, but yes, an invitation into something greater. And Joseph had a choice to make as to whether he would join in to this incredible thing that the Lord was asking of him, offering to him, will you come and accept this invitation into eternal life through Jesus Christ? But still, that's a hard ask, is it not? It's a hard ask to, to lay down your dreams. It's a hard ask to, to have to have everything change or, or to lose something you've been dreaming about. And some of us might say, man, how come we got to put all this on Joseph? 
I mean, why can't somebody else deal with that? How come Joseph has to be the guy to bear this? How come he's the one who has to change? How come he's the one who has to change all of his plans? And please know this, before God ever asks anything of us, he has already done a whole lot of changing on his own. Before the Lord ever asks us to travel into a different place, the Lord has actually done a whole lot of traveling of his own. Think about what it means for Jesus Christ to come at Christmas for the Son of God to be born through Mary. This is the very Son of God, the Messiah, the one whom the entire universe was created through. He's got that kind of reach, that kind of scope. And for him to be born into our world, he will have to make himself small, 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 reducing himself down and down, laying aside his glory, laying aside all the things he rightfully deserves, Laying aside all the things he rightfully enjoys, he reduces himself down and down in town to be born as a baby. The one who spoke the universe into existence is not going to be able to speak an intelligible word for a while. The one who holds the world in his hands is now going to need to be held for a while. Why does he do this? Why would he lay aside his glory? Why would he choose to enter into our chaos? into into our pain, our our change, all of the the, the darkness of, of our world. He comes as a gift, but please understand, he has traveled far. He has laid aside all these things to come to be with us, and when he comes to us, he comes bearing gifts. He doesn't come empty handed. Did you hear what it said about Jesus? The first thing he said was that his name was going to be Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus Christ comes, he doesn't simply come with the word of God. He doesn't simply come uh, with maybe a a promise of God. He says, no, I I am God coming to be with you. And guess what, gang? He's still here. Uh, God came in human form. He comes and is born among us. And he says, I'm going to be with you. I don't know how you feel today. I don't know how you felt this year, but I guarantee you this. Though you might have felt lonely, you are not alone. The most oft-repeated promise in all of Scripture is this. I will be with you always. The last thing Jesus tells his apostles before he ascends into heaven, I will be with you always. He sends his Holy Spirit into each one of us, his believers. The same Spirit that conceived the Holy Spirit now lives, or conceived Jesus Christ, now lives in us as his people. You are not alone. He says, I'm with you in your chaos, in all of the stuff of this world. I am with you. And then he says this, I've come to save you from your sins. I didn't come here just to tell you things. I came to save you. When Jesus Christ comes, he will be born as one of us. And as he grows, he will do something that none of us has ever done. He will live a perfect life. And after living that perfect life, He should receive all the benefits and glory that comes with that and instead he will make an epic transfer. He says, no, I want to give this perfect life. I want to give this very flesh and blood in exchange. I want to save all of my people from their sins. All of the punishment that we deserve, all the pain that we deserve. He says, no, you give that to me and instead I want to give them this life. I want to give them eternal life. It's why in just a few moments, we're gonna do something we do every year here at Double Oak. We do communion. Uh, You received a kit when you came in and inside of that kit is just a little bit of juice and a little piece of bread. 
We celebrate communion often. It's a reminder that in that bread, which is his broken body, and in that cup, which is symbolic of his blood, it's a sign that this young baby that was born to us will grow, live, and then give his very life to save us. Joseph's plans got changed, but what God had in store for him was so much greater. He says, I want to give you eternal life in me. I want to give you everything and more in me. It's the gift he gives at Christmas. And so before he ever offers us an invitation, please understand how far he has traveled and and all he brings to us. But still there's an invitation, is there not? There's the question of will we join him? Will we accept this invitation that Jesus has given to us? There's a lot of accepted invitations in the Christmas story. Mary says, yes, I absolutely will do whatever the Lord asks, and she bears Jesus Christ. Joseph will say, yes, I will take on this responsibility to help raise the very Son of God. Angels say, yes, we will go and herald the arrival of Jesus Christ. Shepherds say, yes, when they are told about Jesus, they say, let's go and see what has been done. Wise men say, yes, from afar, when they say a king has been born, let's go and worship him. They all accept the invitations, and their lives are transformed forever we're still talking about it 2,000 years later but there's yet another invitation that's being given it's the one that's given tonight to you I, I don't know where all of you are tonight I don't know where you've been I don't know what you're struggling through I just know this that Christmas is for you that the invitation that God gives is for you I don't know where you are, I just know this. I know that you're not alone, that God is with us. I don't know what you've done and you don't have to tell me, but I know this, Jesus Christ has forgiven you. There is forgiveness and grace and eternal life in him. I don't know what tragedy you've suffered through in the past year, but I know this, that in the coming of Jesus Christ, he has overcome this world. And in Jesus Christ and in the coming of himself at Christmas, there is a hope and a life that is offered to every one of us. The only question is, will you take it? You don't have to. Joseph didn't have to. Mary didn't have to. You don't have to. We can just do what we're normally gonna do and throw ourselves into the the traveling and and the stuff and the food and the traditions and all the things and that'll be great for a short period of time, but we'll find ourselves here next year still trying to fill that hole with something, someone, when you've already been given the answer that you need. Every single one of us has been given an invitation to receive eternal life in Jesus Christ and he has given for you. So do this one. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Uh, We're gonna sing a song and then we're going to celebrate communion together. And after that, we'll have the lighting of the candles. But in just a moment, before we sing, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe even right now is the first time you've been able to slow down. Maybe even right now is the first time you've been able to really recognize what we're doing and what Christmas is about. Maybe even right now is the first moment we've had a quiet spot just to hear the voice of God Almighty speak to you and say, I'm here for you. I've come. I'm here for you. And in me, there truly is salvation and life.
Will you accept him? Will you live in him? Will you enjoy him? Will you choose to put your faith in him instead of ourselves? So in just a moment, I'm gonna pray, we're gonna sing, and then we're all gonna have an opportunity to yet again accept that invitation that he has given to us. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, I'm overwhelmed just to see the faces of so many people I care about. The people of this church that you have built and their family, people who've come, neighbors, friends, family from all over. Lord, we know you see us as we truly are. So we're not gonna pretend. We just wanna say thank you tonight. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming into our darkness, into our world, into our stuff and understanding. But more than that, thank you for the salvation that comes in you. And so tonight, Father, for every single one of us in this room, can you help us to receive you, to long for you, to look to you, to put our faith in you, even maybe for the first time, to say thank you for coming to us. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.